politics, pop culture, and a whole bunch of other things that start with the letter P. The Mark Harvard Podcast. Who knew that optimism could sound so sarcastic? Hey, 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 welcome into the Mark Harvard Podcast. My name is Mark, and welcome into episode 29 as we delve in. We've got a lot coming up on the show today. We're going to uncover the reason why the McDonald's ice cream machine is always down. We're all, and, it's, and I'm not even making a joke. We actually have news on that. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, about the big events coming out of uh, the governor of New York's office this week and some of the big news that's come out of that. We got a new trailer for a new uh, series over on Netflix that I think we need to talk about. And later on, we're going to talk to Charmin Rubford, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about some of the ways that, that people are dealing with uh, the whole the whole COVID thing with this new Delta variant coming through and uh, some ways that we can stay just mentally on top of things. And uh, so that's coming up later on the show. Stick around for that. But before we get into anything, let me tell you about my week in my house. So we it, it's been a little warm in my house this week. Um, we noticed that we had some issues with our uh, HVAC unit and uh, we called Excalibur come out. Our friends at Excalibur Services, if you need somebody, give them a call. It's 205-718-8688. They came out and uh, they actually looked at the unit and they said, okay, it's it's this valve here and uh, that's what's wrong with your unit. We, they, they were not the ones that put the unit in and we still had a warranty with the other company and they said, okay, we can fix this. That's no problem. We can absolutely fix this. But to save you some money, you need to call them and get them to come fix this. We have no, you know, we want to save you money. I mean, it's it's which which was for me was kind of weird because it's like, okay, you're telling me to go someplace else to get a problem fixed, but that's just how they are. They're out to kind of save to save you money and give you the best work possible. So I called the other place and of course they're not Excalibur, so it's, you know, it was still hot in my house until yesterday, I'm sorry, until this morning when they came out and they fixed what the other guys just couldn't fix. So, I'm telling you, I trust Excalibur Services with my family, with my home. You should, too. Give them a call, 205-718-8688, 205-718-8688. Excalibur Services, a proud sponsor of the Mark Harvard Podcast. So, when you are hot, when you're warm, sometimes you just want an ice cream cone or a McFlurry if the McDonald's shake machine no is is working. So what do you do here? Sorry about that. When you open up a website, sometimes audio plays. <laughs> so a judge has awarded a temporary restraining order against Taylor Company. Now, you've never heard of Taylor Company. They're the company that makes the McDonald Corporation ice cream machines. I know, right? You see where I'm going here. First reported by Vice's motherboard, the, uh, the order was granted after... Kitch Incorporated, which is a startup that made a diagnostic tool to help solve issues with the machines, filed a lawsuit against the Taylor Corporation in May. Customers have complained, including on social media and basically anywhere that anyone would listen, that the machines known for making the McDonald's popular McFlurry dessert were frequently broken. Now, we've heard all kinds of of excuses. We've heard that, oh, they're, it's because they're not, they're, they're kind of a, a, you know, a pain to clean and they're not clean yet, so therefore... Uh, we're just going to say that they're down, you know, or else, you know, it hasn't, we can't get anybody out or anything. Well, it basically the lawsuit is claiming that Taylor 
the company that makes them had designed flawed code that caused the machines to malfunction to profit from machine repairs. Additionally, it claims that Taylor had repeatedly and under multiple aliases and email addresses tried to purchase a kitsch solution device in order to learn trade secrets. I know, right? It's like espionage, but with McDonald's. It's it's McEspionage. <laughs> Taylor, according to the complaint, had also begun to develop its own version of the kitsch system with help from McDonald's franchisee and defendant Tyler G- Gamble, who kitsch accused of working with Taylor. Simultaneously, Taylor told McDonald's, and McDonald's then told all the franchisees that kitsch machines were dangerous and that they could, according to an April report, even cause serious human injury. I know, right? So we're waiting to see what happens to this. Fox Business has reached out to both McDonald's and Taylor, did not immediately receive a response. So we're trying to find out what's going to happen with uh, with this, with uh, with this whole big situation, but it sheds so much light on what's happened with the the shake machines and the McFlurry machines. We thought they were just horribly made. We didn't know there was like some diabolical master plan to it to make money off of repairs. That makes way more sense. <laughs> that I understand. I just couldn't understand why. People were just con- constantly letting these things break down, and we weren't just more on top of this. And now I see why. It's greed. So there you go. Ronald McDonald needs to figure out their ice cream situation. I Until then, I would suggest finding a local place. We've got a nice local place right down the road uh, here in town, and I'm sure most towns do actually have a nice local ice cream place. Go support those folks, you know? Don't do the national thing. And I say that having had McDonald's in the last 24 hours. <laughs> what can I say? My kid like likes Happy Meals, and sometimes I just don't want to drive to three different places for dinner. So, yeah. Anyway, they, they, I wish they had more of a variety on the uh, on the Happy Meal toys. I'll just I'll throw that out there. That's not for me. That's a complaint from my kid. He's sick of having the same Space Jam 2 toy in his Happy Meal. You know, try to do something for a four-year-old. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. So... This is interesting. Um, Clay, uh, Central High School in Clay, of Clay County. Now, this is Central High School of Clay County in Lineville, Alabama. They have posted up on their Facebook page, and it's getting a whole lot of play here, um, that they have gone to a no-cell-phone-usage campus. Now, granted, when I was coming up, cell phones were not even on the radar. I got my first cell phone after I graduated from college, when I was at the University of Alabama, we had one friend, one friend that had a cell phone that her parents had given her, and it had free nights and weekends, and we would all use that phone to call our parents after whatever it was, 8 o'clock at night <laughs> for free. That's back because, you know, back then you had you had long-distance charges to worry about. So... Central High School of Clay County has come out with this statement. They said, they've said that unauthorized use of personal devices during the school day is prohibited from the time of arrival until the last bell of the day, and they should be turned off completely and out of sight. Basically, they want you to put your cell phone, turn it off, and put it in your locker. Cell phone usage is not allowed, all caps, is not allowed in any other location of the school campus at any time during the school day, including the cafeteria, the band rooms, the gym, and the ball fields. Students may use cell phones on campus after school hours for extracurricular activities, 
Of course, that is until the you know the guy that's over the band says, no, you can't do that. Stop trying to do TikTok while you're supposed to be playing this solo trumpet line. Um, they get, but other than that, they need to be stored in their locker, turned off during the day. But that's not where they stop. They've also said that personal electronic devices are including, but not limited to, cell phones, smartwatches, like your Apple Watch, like what I wear, smartwatches, AirPods, earbuds, headphones, etc. Now, I get the AirPods, I get the earbuds, headphones, but this is my watch. I mean, that's what I use to tell time, <laughs> to tell things like the weather. Of course, if my phone's off, it doesn't get a signal and I don't get, you know, weather stuff, but I still get the time. That's what I use. So some would champion that this takes away a distraction for kids. And I absolutely understand that. I agree with that. Um, if kids are checking their phones all the time, if, even if they have them you know, with them and it's in their pocket and they sit down in class and they're, they're trying to, take, to you know, look at class, you know, they get a buzz buzz, they're going to check it. They're going to see what's up. Um, and that's taking out that's taking out of the picture any charges of something like like uh, cheating on tests because honestly these are little two thousand dollar or thousand dollar computers in your pocket they have access to the web so you can type into you know the the web browser okay what's the answer to this question and it will come up so there's a cheating aspect to it I get that the other side though would argue that they that there's an issue with safety because they you look at instances like like um like uh, like the school shootings you look at uh, columbine and that sort of stuff where people use their personal phones to call out to get help to tell people where the shooter was where you know where people are trapped and that sort of thing if these phones are in lockers off you can't do that you're stuck and you're cut off from the world. And also, if there's something that goes on in your family's life, your family can't get in touch with you. Which, once again, I go back, hey, I'm 45 years old. When I was in school, we didn't, I mean, if, if there was something that went on in your family, they called the front desk and the front desk decided if it was something that needed to be gotten, gotten to you immediately or if it's something they could say, come by the office after class. You know, if it's something like, oh, just letting you know that your aunt's going to pick you up from school today, that can wait till after class. If it's something like, you know, your your mother, you know, something horrible has happened to to like a relative, um, well, then they would get you out of class and bring you in to tell you. Well, now, the, you know, the, the way the culture works is that they just call you or text you, hey, call me when you get a chance with that. And you can't do that during class now. So what do you think? Where do you fall on this? Leave me a comment over on the on the Facebook page or uh, over on Twitter at Mark Harvard. Um, let me know what you think about this. Wh where do you fall? Do you fall on the uh, on the side that says good? These things are a distraction. They shouldn't be in the classroom. Or do you think it's a safety concern? I'm 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 torn. I I understand both sides. I really do. I absolutely do. I tend to lean on the side of they're a distraction, and take them away. And it's because I came up without them, and we were fine. We didn't have to. We weren't dependent on these things. And I and yes, I understand how, how hypocritical it is because I have my phone with me all day long, even in meetings, and if it buzz buzzes, I'm going to at least look down and see what the little preview message is. You know. So I, I understand the hypocrisy there. But in the long run... I'm all for take for saying, okay, they're fine. Because 
of the cheating aspect and the temptation to to cheat there. So one more thing before we go to the break I wanted to go into is uh, where have you been on vacation lately? My wife and I, we went to, to uh, Chattanooga not long ago and had a blast. It was a belated birthday trip for us. For me, rather. And went up, had an amazing dinner. Um, and I ate antelope. It was fantastic. Um, but we, we like Tennessee. We like vacationing in Tennessee. Jack, we, we've been camping with Jack up in the mountains of North Georgia and in, and in uh, south, southern Tennessee and the, the, you know, the, the lower Appalachians. Um, a lot of people agree that that area of the country is just beautiful. TripAdvisor has just released their rankings for the top destinations in the U.S. And um, Gatlinburg is ranked number one. Gatlinburg, Tennessee. The most trending travel destination in the United States can be found in East Tennessee. They published its trending destinations list. Gatlinburg, Tennessee topped the list. Now, I actually have to disagree. Now, granted, Gatlinburg, it smells amazing because there's like 9,000 pancake places. And I like pancakes. Uh, the, uh, the aquarium is kind of cool. The Ripley's, believe it or not, thing is pretty neat. I like Pigeon Forge a, a little better which is right down the road because it's not quite as corny. It's not quite as um, touristy and, you know, you know, goofy. Um, but you know what? I, I understand the appeal of Gatlinburg. And some, pe- some people maybe that aren't from that area and aren't as familiar would lump all these other places in with Gatlinburg. So I get it. The list says Gatlinburg's location in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park make it an ideal base for a family looking to explore the park's numerous offerings. Not far behind in the number four spot was Pigeon Forge, which I actually prefer to Gatlinburg. Uh, TripAdvisor says Pigeon Forge is such an excellent location because of the nearby wildlife and, of course, Dollywood, which I've never been to. Hmm. TripAdvisor also published its list of trending destinations in the world where Gatlinburg ranked fifth overall. And the top worldwide destinations included places like Cabo San Lucas and Mexico and uh, Qatar. Tennessee Governor Bill Lee tweeted Tuesday morning, extending congratulations to Gatlinburg for the accolade. So, yeah, pretty cool stuff. Yeah, there you go. Um, interesting, if you're, if you're trying to figure out ways to go on vacation with your family in the fall, that area is awesome. It cools off a little bit. And uh, it really comes alive. And it's a place you can also, if, you, if you're in the camp of trying to maintain some sort of social distancing, it's a place you can still do that to a point. Maybe not downtown Gatlinburg. But um, if you get a cabin out in that area, um, that's, it's, it's a cool area just to be off, uh, be off away from the crowds. It's a, it's a neat place. So just go check that out. So when we get back, we're going to talk to... Charmin Rutherford. Now, Charmin is with all things considered counseling services. Charmin is, well, one, she's awesome. And <laughs> you need to listen to her. Um, she's uh, she, she has a lot, of ne- a lot of letters after her name. She's very smart. But we're going to talk about that anxious and stressed out feeling that a lot of us have with all the COVID changes and how we can better, I guess, adapt to that. So that's Charmin Rutherford, founder and licensed professional counselor at All Things New Counseling Services, LLC. Stick around for that. That's coming up after the break right here on the Mark Harvard Podcast. Stick around. The Mark Harvard Podcast. 
Guys, you know I love talking about all the folks I do business with, and let me tell you, I am thrilled to welcome Excalibur Service Company to the Mark Harvard Podcast. When we moved into our house last year, Ben and the gang came out and checked a bunch of things, and we have since used them for all kinds of electrical work and HVAC stuff that nobody wants me attempting. <laughs> That's who I trust my family to for HVAC and electrical work, and you should trust them as well. Go to ExcaliburService.com or call them at 20 205-718-8688. That's 205-718-8688. Tell them you heard about them right here on the Mark Harvard Podcast. It's Excalibur Service Company. It's the Mark Harvard Podcast. There's a lot of people that are going to bang their hands on the desk and be real angry and stuff. What we're going to do is find the ways that God is working in all of this trouble and turmoil. Who knew that optimism could sound so sarcastic? We'll go over history, we'll go over the news of the day, and I'm probably going to make some jokes about 80s cartoons. The Mark Harvard Podcast. You never know what you're going to get, but if you don't listen, you don't get anything. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, and online at markharvardcreative.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at markharvardcreative.com. The Mark Harvard Podcast. And we are back. It is the Mark Harvard Podcast. I am the aforementioned Mark Harvard. Thanks for hanging out this uh, this afternoon, this morning, this evening, whenever you're listening. You know, anyway. Um, hopefully, it's a time when you're doing okay. You're doing well. You're in a good state of mind. But if you're not, you're not alone. A lot of people are feeling very anxious. They're feeling stressed out from, you know, all the all the stuff going on with COVID, the, the new variant that's out. There's just a feeling of of uneasiness, a feeling of anxiety, and a feeling of isolation. As people, you know, we're just starting to get back together, and now, you know, people are starting to shut stuff down again. So how do you deal with all that? Well, we've got my good friend Sharman Rutherford on the line. She is the founder and licensed professional counselor at All Things New Counseling Services. It's over in Tuscaloosa. And first off, let me say, Sharman, thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and to be able to talk with you. Now, Sharman, I, I don't think I've mentioned this to you before. Now, I've known Sharman for, for a while now, and Sharman, you know, used to be a sponsor of the old radio show. And I don't think I've mentioned this to you before. Your proximity to Capitol Park over in Tuscaloosa is uncanny for me because, and, and this is a big deal, and I understand it's not something you really want to do now, but... 20 years uh -huh. ago when I was in Alabama, that is where uh -huh. I went at night when I needed to, you know, think some stuff through and when I needed to cope with some stuff and figure out how I was going to do some stuff. Like I said, once again, nighttime, not the time to be out there now. But but back then it was, it was a little safer. Um, mm -hmm. I, I actually was doing I was actually a part time uh, computer tech guy over at the Capitol School during that time. So I knew that area very well. But that's where I went when I was, you know, having some problem with with girls or I was trying to figure out, you know, you know, like most college kids do at some point, you know, what am I going to do with my life? That's where I went. And now just a couple of blocks away, here you are helping people kind of figure that out, right? I do. And that's funny that you said that because when the weather's pretty and not too warm, um, that is where I actually walk 
sometimes to mm-hmm. just get a break and get out of the office is I, I walked down to Capitol Park. So, um, and my daughter grew up playing there, uh, you know, on the weekends I would take her there. So yeah. um, it's a neat place. It's really a neat place. I didn't know we had that connection. Yeah. And for those that don't know, Capitol Park in Tuscaloosa, at one point, Tuscaloosa, Alabama was the capital of the state of Alabama. And the Capitol building was right over there overlooking the Black Warrior River. And if you go there to that site now, all that's left is like half of one of the uh, the main meeting halls and like the one of the walls, basically, and a bunch of columns. And basically the uh, foundation is there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just it's a cool little you can walk through the what, what were the front steps, which is now basically a big old mound of dirt with some rock on it. But you can walk through and just imagine you're walking into the old Capitol building and and hearing the legislation going on and all that. But it's kind of cool anyway. So it Charm- feels like stepping back in time. It does. It there's just enough there to where you feel like you mm-hmm. can really get an understanding for how things were laid out. And, and this was obviously a room over here. This was obviously mm-hmm. a small closet over there, and it just gets kind of cool. But anyway, Sharman. This has been a trying time for a lot of, you know, the last year and a half have been kind of trying. Um, and a lot of people are, are, are having some issues now, especially with the, the Delta variant popping back up. Um, they're panicking a little bit, right? They're, they're starting to feel some yeah, anxiety. Absolutely. And I, um, from what I've been seeing in my practice, you know, just as we were starting to get back, to quasi-normal and, um, you know, people had dealt with the pandemic and a lot of people were vaccinated and feel like everybody's kind of on the road to recovery. And then, like you said, now we have the Delta variant. Mm -hmm. And so um, I know a lot of places are considering the mask mandates again. And, you know, now the catchphrase seems to be everywhere that I've gone the past couple of days when I was leaving, people have said to me, be safe, be safe, you know? Yeah. And so today when I left the tag office, actually, I was thinking about how different that is from just, you know, a couple of years ago. So um, it is a very trying time. People who ordinarily do not have, uh, typical issues with anxiety or depression or um, people who do not have underlying mental illnesses are finding themselves really stressed out or maybe dealing with anxiety for the first time or experiencing anxiety or panic attacks and not really really knowing or understanding them. And so a lot of mental health providers um, that I've spoken with and that I know are actually reporting that same thing. So I, I think um, and, and, you know, once Delta is done away with or, mm-hmm. you know, we're vaccinated against or whatever, um, there's going to be something else. And oh, I sure. just think that, you know, there's always going to be something. And so for me, a large part of dealing with that um, is my spiritual walk and um, mm-hmm. trusting that God is still in control, no matter how crazy this world may be. And, um, you know, but, but it is a, it is a time that a lot of people are experiencing anxiety and they really don't know what to do with it. Do you think it's made worse because of what's happened over the past year? And now they, it's, it's like, we're afraid to go back. Do you think that's a big factor? Into I it? Absolutely. 
I absolutely think that is a very big factor. Um, you know, uh, my husband and I were talking about it and it just seems like there is such a, um, I don't know what the word would be. Like there's such a, um, this blanket feeling of fear that we seem to be living mm, in right yeah. now. And um, that we, we in the 40, 30 something year old range, you know, I don't want to date myself, but. Hey, 45 um, here, man, 45. Yeah, so. yeah, 48. <laughs> yeah. So it's something we've not really experienced before. And um, it's it's a new thing. And, yeah. you know, I, I've had a lot of uh, college students who are my clients who are coming to me and they're saying, you know, my senior year of high school was ruined because of COVID. My, I didn't mm. get to go on a senior trip because of COVID. Now mm. my freshman year of college is was different because of COVID. So um, a lot of people are really struggling with it. And, and I think to deny the impact that COVID has had on the mental health of people, um, that is that is doing a disservice and that's um that's not taking into consideration the mental impact that the pandemic has had on the population so what are some warning signs if someone's having some some uh some anxiety some uh, some some depression locking in on all this what are some warning signs between something that you're gonna be able to just you know that you're just having a bad day you know go watch right. you know something fun on tv or you know some you know eat, eat, eat some marshmallows or you know, s'mores or whatever if you're me, uh, yeah, <laughs> and we, or, we or, or maybe you days need, like that. absolutely. But what, how, how does someone know when it's one of those days versus something that they may need to go talk to somebody about? When it is a persistent condition, for example, if you have a feeling of anxiety that lasts longer than a day or so, if you are going into weeks of feeling anxious, if you um, are obsessively worrying beyond, which of course there's going to be the normal worry about COVID and things like, and, and things that are going on. But if it is a persistent worry that is interfering with your daily life, it's impacting your daily functioning. If you are withdrawing from friends and family, um, which mm. that, that is a tough one to call since a lot of people are isolating and are staying in their homes more and may not be comfortable going out around people, you know, um, but if you find that you're avoiding phone calls, you're avoiding um, um, streaming or FaceTime or all of those things, that is a big indicator that something's going on and you may need to reach out for help. Now, this doesn't always manifest in a way that is just strictly like a uh, like a suicidal thing. I mean, it's, no, it's not always something where that's always going to be like, oh, I need I, I need help because I'm starting to have these awful thoughts about harming myself. It, it, it's, it's never it, it's rarely that cut and dry, right? Right, right. There are there are many forms of depression, just as there are many forms of anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, every depressed person is not going to be suicidal, just like every person who is struggling with COVID anxiety does not have a mental illness indicative of anxiety. Mm, yeah. So there are situational um, 
places that we find ourselves in and conditions that cause situational anxiety and those can be remedied without you know extreme measures such as maybe medication or you know long-term therapy that's that's not what we're talking about here we're talking about um, anxiety or depression that is specific to the COVID pandemic so what are you seeing the most right now? What's walking in the door right now? Obviously, I mean, you don't, we don't need specifics. You can't give me specifics. But what what types of things are we seeing rock, walking in the door right now in relation to this? A lot of anxiety, a lot of obsessive thinking. You know, um, people throw around negative terms about people who are afraid of germs um, mm -hmm. you know, just on a regular everyday basis before COVID. But there is really a, uh, there has been an increase in cases that I've seen of um, obsessive compulsive behaviors coming in and obsessive compulsive thoughts. And then depression, mostly driven as a result of the anxiety and the isolation and the withdrawing from other people and just feeling that disconnect. You know, people mm. aren't in church. Though churches are reopened, um, there are a lot of people afraid to go back into sure. their churches. Or, you know, with schools starting up, just, you know, for elementary school students, even in high school students, um, people are scared to send their children to school. Even though a lot of us realize at some point we, we've got to get back to living, it's still a scary thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think it's important to recognize that. Do you think we've been shaken? Is that what it is? Is that our um, uh, where we where, where we once felt safe is is no I think it's so. no longer a safe I place anymore. So. Mm -hmm. And I think it happened so quickly. And you know, oh, yeah. we, we went we went from you know everything was semi okay, and we were dealing with the election and you know regular mm -hmm. things, and and then it. It, it just hit and um, I, I, I don't know if it was the quickness of it that made people realize their own mortality, um, the yes. situation that we all find ourselves in, mm -hmm. because I know for um, a lot of the students that I deal with that are in college and then even people my own age, you know, we have that feeling of invincibility and things aren't going to happen mm -hmm. to us or I'm not going to get COVID. I'm not in a high risk range but as we've seen um covid does not <clears throat> does not discriminate so it, it doesn't no. matter your age or your underlying conditions so but i do think we've been shaken and i think a lot of people who typically would not be i don't want to say the word um extremists or um maybe who buy into conspiracy theories, um, that that type of thing. But it almost had that quality about it, how mm. how we perceive the people in charge, because we went from we're gonna wear masks for two weeks and see where this goes to here we are, you know, a year yeah. and a half later, finally getting the masks off and then now they may be coming back on. So and, and, and um, logically we, we and logically we know that this this is not something that we've you know there's no um 
there's no manual that anyone's running. I mean, yet they're getting right. a lot more information than we are. But yeah, I remember. I remember right. that day. I remember the day right. that I cleaned. I got stuff out of my office at the church. Mm-hmm. Got it home, and we had to get home by five because yeah. you know yeah. everything gets shut down at five. I mean, that, right. that, that's when we're going to go under lockdown. So I mean, I right. had my home office set up and was sitting at my desk at five o'clock taking pictures of it. Like, okay, I made it, and I'll yeah. see you guys in two weeks. And then, yeah. we, you know, we, it was way longer than two weeks. Right. And I think that's how it is for most people um, who have got, who have experienced this. You know, we've kind of also, I have seen an increase in anxiety where before we had these very um, defined work hours and home hours and play hours. And then now so many people are working from home. So many mm-hmm. people are working four days a week. Some people are still working remotely. So it's it's been very difficult for people to find a, a life balance, which that's challenging for most of us anyway, even pre-COVID. Sure. So I just think the combination of all of that has um, has really impacted people. And I think that's why we're seeing the increase um, the increase in in mental conditions that we're seeing. Once again, we're talking with Sharman Rutherford. She's the founder and licensed professional counselor at All Things New Counseling Services. It's over in Tuscaloosa. Uh, I encourage you to, uh, if you feel like you need to talk to someone about your anxiety, your depression, Sharman is a Christian counselor, and she's absolutely who I would send you to. It, you know, if, if I'm in that area, if I've got friends, I've got I've actually, I've actually, Sharman, I don't know, you don't know this, but I've actually got friends. Uh, I've got a nephew that's over there at the University of Alabama that I've told him if there's ever anything that you feel like you're, you're drowning, if you feel like you're, you know, you're trying your hardest to tread water, go see Sharman. I've, I've sent you. him to I you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I absolutely. That. Absolutely. Because, I mean, there's, I think we we've we've left the stigma of counseling behind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there, yeah. there, you know, at one time, I mean, my, my parents' generation, all that, that was almost a sense of weakness. But um, that stigma doesn't apply anymore. And I think that everyone realizes that uh, counseling, there's a huge benefit to it. And it's something that it doesn't always have to mean mm-hmm. that there's a problem. It means that you're trying to head off something before it becomes a problem. And and oh, that and that's and that's um, even applicable applicable rather um through through the anxiety and the depression of of covid if you feel like you're just starting Mm -hmm. down that road better to take care of it now right right it therapy can be a preventive thing it does not have to always be an intervention i I believe that's how we typically have viewed therapy in the past Mm -hmm. but as the younger generation is coming up um a lot of them have been in therapy um as children and and they have recognized the benefit to it so i am grateful to see the stigma disappearing that goes along with therapy that's that's great. Charmin, if someone wants to make a, an appointment with you, how do they get in touch with you? They can um, call me at 205-765-9155, or they can go to my website at www.allthingsnewcounselingservices.com. Allthingsnewcounselingservices.com. Charmin Rutherford. Christian counselor and really cool person. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Mark, for having me. All right, stick around. More coming up. It's the Mark Harvard Podcast right here.
the Mark Harvard Podcast. Old Horn Lumiere Candle Company has been with the Mark Harvard Podcast since the very beginning. And let me tell you how happy we are. You can get all kinds of scents, guys, to make your house smell great. And they aren't just your frou-frou floral stuff. Guys can get candles like bourbon or leather, and they come in these really cool glass containers. Check them out. Everything they've got is at owlcandlecompany.com. And tell them I sent you. It's Old World Lumineer Candle Company. Summer's here, and it is time to update that summer wardrobe with some merch from the Mark Harvard Podcast. Go to markharvardcreative.com right now and click the store link to go get t-shirts, polos, bags, and hats with the Mark Harvard Podcast logo on them. You can also pick up our famous Jesus Soundwave design featuring the audio soundwave of the name Jesus. All that and so much more found at markharvardcreative.com today. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at markharvardcreative.com. The Mark Harvard Podcast. We are back. It is the Mark Harvard Podcast. Thanks again to uh, Sharman Rutherford, founder and licensed professional counselor at All Things New Counseling Services, LLC. Uh, if you need some help, if you, if you feel like, you know, it, it, it may not even be at the point where you really feel like you're in a danger place. If you feel like something that might be a problem, though, with anxiety, depression, she's who you need to call and, uh, and check on that. Uh, her office is actually a couple of blocks away from Capitol Park in Tuscaloosa. Miles stomping grounds. So, uh, yeah, give her a call and set up an appointment there for that. Um... This has been fun. I've had a blast. But one thing I want to go into before we before we leave, because I want to ask you the question. I'm going to leave you with a question. Um, there's a new show on Netflix, which I'll go ahead and tell you. My wife and I, we've been on the Netflix train lately. We've been talking. Uh, we've been actually been watching a show called Atypical. Some of you may have read, have have, have been watching this. Uh, it's because our son Jack, he's four years old. He's on the he's on the spectrum. He is a he he has autism, and um, he is the coolest kid I've ever met in my life. He is the best, and um, he's very mild on the spectrum. But uh, we've been watching this show called Atypical, and it's about a kid named Sam. He's in high school, and so we can relate to a lot of what Sam's going through because we see echoes of what Sam on this on this show goes through, and what we see Jack, our little boy, going through uh, as you know in relation to dealing with just the world and getting overwhelmed and all that. But but that's the show we've been watching. But Netflix, who tends to more often than not come up with really cool stuff, has a new show called Clickbait coming up. And it's kind of an ethical dilemma. It premieres August the 25th. The episodes will apparently follow a revolving point of view that'll detail uh, each family member's memory of a guy named Nick and uncover new things about the guy they thought they knew. Because the big thing, what, what makes Nick such an important character is that a video turns up on the, on the internet of Nick holding a sign that says, I abuse women at 5 million views, I die. Well, now what? That's that's the premise for the show, is what happens there? And it ends up being clear that the real monster is social media at the end of this. It's kind of a black, uh, well, yeah, black mirror sort of vibe to it. But that's the new show. What do you think? I mean, because I, I, I've been bouncing this around in my head for the last, you know, few hours as I when I came across the story and I started thinking about this, what would I do? If this were real, how would I react? Because you'd have a bunch of people that want to watch at 5 million views. 5 million people are going to want to watch this. So if you want to save the guy's life, do you just 
get one stream and restream it so it only comes off as one view and kind of feed the beast without feeding the beast? Or do you just turn it off and not watch it, knowing other people are going to, and it's going to end up you know, taking care of this guy? And does he deserve it? Because he apparently abuses women. It's an ethical dilemma. What do you think? Jump on the Facebook page uh, at Mark Harvard uh, Podcast. Mark Harvard Podcast over on Facebook. Also, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Mark Harvard or over on Instagram as well. Uh, we're all all about all those places. Also, don't forget, jump on Face on uh, YouTube. We're actually we're starting to launch the YouTube channel a little bit and putting a few more uh, things on over on YouTube. Just do a quick search for Mark Harvard Podcast on YouTube and uh, subscribe to the channel if you will. That about does it for me. We have had a, a fun show. Hopefully it helped a little few people too. Sharman Rutherford, founder and licensed professional counselor at All Things New Counseling Services, LLC. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, we thank uh, her for her time for this. Don't forget, tomorrow, not, not, not tomorrow, but next week, next week's show, we're welcoming Stephanie Plum back to the show. Stephanie and I used to do a radio show together. She is awesome. And uh, we always have a lot of fun. It'll be a fun show. So it's the reunion, as we've said before, it's the reunion that nobody asked for, but we're giving it to you anyway. It's, it's Mark and Stephanie back together next week on the show. Have a fantastic week. And I'm out. The Mark Harvard Podcast.